Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We've heard lots uh, over the last year or so in regard to NAFTA. It's uh, very close to the finish line as um, various countries are finally ratifying all of this. The Prime Minister says he wants to ratify NAFTA as soon as Parliament resumes. However, some of the other parties are either not wanting to rush ratification or unsure whether to support it or not. To talk more about all of this, Patrick LeBlanc is with us, Associate Professor, Graduate School of Public and International Affairs at the University of Ottawa, and is with us now. Patrick, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, my pleasure, Scott. So will the PM have a challenge on his hands trying to get this through in a minority government? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think that, uh, even though you know the, the opposition parties have expressed some reserves uh, about the deal, uh, I, I don't see in what configuration uh, all three parties, uh, opposition parties, could actually... Uh, vote against the government on on this implementation legislation because that's what we're talking about, uh, which is about uh, changing existing laws to fit uh, this this new agreement. Uh, first of all, if we look at the conservatives, uh, obviously they're looking for a new leader. Uh, I, I it, it would be you know because the, the assumption is 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 that if they oppose the deal, then uh, obviously, it means that it's a vote of no confidence in the government. Potentially, it would lead to new elections. Uh, and, and, and I just don't see why the conservatives would want to do that. Uh, moreover, they've, they're the ones who have been uh, advocating, obviously, for a deal with the U.S. during the negotiations. In fact, they were pushing the, the liberal government at the time to accept some of the, the demands that the Americans were doing. Uh, while the, the, the liberals under Christian Freeland were saying, no, 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 we have to push back, and ultimately it, it, it worked. Uh, so it, it would be difficult for them to say, well, you know, the government got a better deal than what the conservatives seemed to be uh, willing to accept at the time and then vote against it. Uh, so uh, so I, I don't see that happening without a leader. Uh, you know, all the parties are sort of licking their wounds after the, the, the campaign, trying to replenish their, their coffers. I, I, you know, I, I don't think, no, no one wants to go into a new election, uh, so I don't think that's going to happen. For Quebec, uh, the Bloc Québécois uh, might vote against it uh, just because of, of, of dairy, but, but even there, you know, generally uh, Quebecers are, are, are pro-free trade. Uh, they see our relationship with, with the U.S. Uh, as, as being very important. Uh, so I, I, I just don't see any parties really voting against it. Maybe the NDP ultimately, uh, just to show kind of that they're different. Uh, but, you know, we still, the, the Democrats push for a better deal that, that in a way should satisfy the, uh, the NDP, uh, with respect to, uh, protection of, of workers, uh, vis-a-vis, uh, the Mexicans. So I think overall this, this is kind of a done deal when it comes to this, uh, this bill passing through Parliament. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, they just need the conservatives to get this through anyway, do they not? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, to, to, to oppose it, it, will take, it would take all three uh, opposition parties, and, and, and I don't think that's going to happen. So at a minimum, the conservatives uh, should vote for it. And, and that will be the end of that. Uh, as you said, uh, Block said yesterday that uh, they don't see it as a slam dunk. They want to spend some time uh, discussing or debating this. Uh, the NDP saying that uh, they're going to talk to the caucus about it and see what to do uh, moving forward. Do you see much debate on this? Is this mostly political pos- posturing? I think it's mostly political posturing. I think uh, the, the opposition parties will, will try to get uh, a little bit of political leverage out of this by questioning some of the 
the concessions that were made, which is normal. When we negotiate a deal like that, you, you have to make concessions, uh, even though overall I think we, we conceded way less than, than what a lot of people expected at the beginning, uh, given the demands that, that were put out there by, uh, by the Trump administration. And, and, and obviously, uh, the, the, the main, the main aspect, the, the most important aspect of this deal right now is, is, is not so much what's in it, is the fact that it takes away uh, the um, the uncertainty around the threat that uh, President Trump made of pulling out of NAFTA 1.0. Right. Should we not get a deal, you know, an NAFTA, NAFTA point 2.0 deal, and and that you know with with this deal going through uh, and and coming into force, it, it it really removes that threat. And I think for business, that's hugely important. Uh, because you know there already there's already enough uncertainty out there right now in terms of the the the, the Canadian and world economies uh, that that we didn't need that that sort of huge cloud hanging over our heads. So I think that that's the good news, and I, I don't see why any party in, in in Canada would would want to threaten that and and, and you know force the the, the 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 government to you know go back to the Americans and say well you know we can't ratify it uh, mm. so you mind changing this you know that you don't want to open that that pandora's box and i don't think any party wants to push the, the liberal government towards that just to make minor gains ultimately even if, if, if assuming those would be possible now now that we have this this new nafta uh, 2.0 or or whatever you want to call it with the new mca or what what have you um uh, is does it look much different than the old one how much better is it is it a good deal for canada Look, uh, the, 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 there are some economists who have uh, looked at this, tried to, to quantify the, uh, the impacts. And, and, you know, it, overall, it seems that it doesn't change that much, that it's, it's not a game changer. It's not going to uh, really increase uh, trade between Canada and, and its North American partners. Uh, you know, it's it's like you know a, 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 a loony for four quarters, more or less. Right. Uh, yes, we have some rules on digital trade and, and data flows. Uh, we'll have to see what uh, what's going to happen uh, with that. How those rules will be implemented, if they will be challenged. Uh, but overall, in terms of trade, the, the one industry that that will obviously be affected, uh, and and it's still not clear how exactly it will be affected, is is the auto industry. With the, now the rules of origin being increased, uh, so that, that is uh, the North American content content for uh, kind of free trade across the three countries, uh, moving to 75% from 60%. So we'll have to see a little bit how uh, autom- automobile manufacturers, the, their suppliers, will rearrange their their supply chains uh, to to uh, meet those 75%. Uh, but that that you know the, that's it maybe. Of course, uh, dairy with supply management, we, we increase the quotas. But let's not forget that now more and more uh, Canadian uh, dairy companies are operating on both sides of the border. So right. it'll be interesting to see how they manage that. And in a way, ultimately, it might give them just a little bit more flexibility, but it, it, it may not really affect uh, dairy producers. And, and also, they're, they're going to be compensated, as the government has promised. So I, I think overall, we're not going to see a lot of change with this new agreement from what we've had so far. 
Uh, how are those parties involved looking at all of this after where we've come? As you mentioned right at the beginning, um, it, it, it's not so much the contents of the deal, it's the fact that we have one uh, after the president threatened to blow it all up, and we all remember that, NAFTA was this, it was garbage, it was that, and we, you know, whoever signed this, we need to do a better job, la la la, uh, literally putting the three countries on edge while uh, the bluster continues only to kind of end up at an updated version of what we already had, which would have been done anyway. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and let's not forget that this new deal ultimately is uh, very much influenced by the, uh, the, the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, which the, you know, we, we had agreed to, we had signed with the Americans. And then Trump arrived and, and pulled the U.S. out of, of TPP, which has now become the, the CPTPP, this Comprehensive Progressive Agreement on Trans-Pacific Partnership which the, the Japanese and Canadians and others managed to, to keep alive and ultimately uh, make it enter into force. But uh, a lot of the, what has been agreed in, in Kuzma is, 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 is copied or, or, or built on this, this Trans-Pacific Partnership. So again, we, we, you know, the Americans negotiated something that they had already negotiated, except that Trump can go and, and say that it's his deal as opposed to Obama's deal. And uh, that he, you know, he, he got a better deal because he, he got a little bit more than uh, maybe what the Americans ha- had uh, in, um, in in TPP, and and that's it. So for for Canada, it, it really, when we went into these negotiations with the Americans, is we were really playing defense and, and trying to make sure that uh, we really didn't give them much more than what we had already given them. And as, as long as we, we didn't kind of um, force the Trump administration to, to blow up NAFTA, as, as you mentioned earlier. But, but ultimately, this is a deal that in a way Canada had already agreed to uh, before the Trump administration uh, came to power. Uh, interesting, uh, to switch gears here, uh, interesting piece from the Samara Center for Democracy talking about partisanship and how uh, team politics has just got to an unbearable level where that seems to be all that counts. If you're on this team, you just hate the other team no matter what they're doing, right or wrong, vice versa. Uh, it seems that it, it just um, uh, increases the divisiveness that we see uh, in the country and, and perhaps spreading to other countries as well or or, or, or again, we're seeing from other countries. Talk about how the Prime Minister has to move forward with this new minority government. We are seeing, uh, you know, for example, with the NAFTA deal, uh, uh, certainly a, a different tone than we did uh, in the first uh, in the first term that the Prime Minister had. Talk a little bit about the partisanship, the divisiveness. How much are politicians responsible for this? Well, ultimately, I, I would think that the, the politicians are responsible for it uh, if they're fomenting uh, partisanship and, 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 and always blaming the other side for everything that happens. But to bring it back to this NAFTA 2.0 negotiations, let's not forget that during the negotiations, even though there were some criticism, especially from the conservatives uh, towards the liberals and, and, and almost the conservatives trying to push the liberals to, to make a deal right away because of the uncertainty and the liberals saying, no, we're, we're going to fight this. And ultimately, they, they were proved uh, right. But nevertheless, there was really uh, a consensus in, in Canada uh, and across the parties that you know, we, we, we should not be uh, at, at each other's throat when it comes to negotiating with the Americans who are already dealing with a tough administration, 
uh, and, and volatile one at that uh, if we in, in terms of the president. <coughs> so we need sorry, we need to to really have a kind of a team Canada approach. So you know may, maybe in light of other issues uh, that we're facing, and obviously there might be uh, geographic. Uh, disparities. Uh, we we have to remember that ultimately we're all in the, you know we're all in the same boat on the same team. Uh, that uh, if if we don't work together, then then we're putting ourselves at risk because no one else is going to do us any favors, as 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 we see very clearly, whether it's from the Americans or the Chinese or anyone else. Uh, so if we don't stick together, then uh, we we're the ones shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, that doesn't mean that we, you know, it's easy to find uh, solutions to, to to common problems, especially when interests uh, might might differ. But I, I think, you know, you're right. Politicians sometimes tend to blame others, and it's easy to blame others, obviously, for whatever happens back home. No one wants to take the blame. Uh, if you're a politician and you're seeking election or re-election, it's always easy to to blame the other party. Uh, but but there's a danger in doing that, and obviously. Uh, the, the media likes a fight uh, because, you know, it's, it's more fun to read about than to, to, to read about, oh, yeah. everyone is getting along and, and working together. That, that doesn't make much of a story. Uh, but, but I think overall, uh, you know, yes, there's, there's division, but we should not make too much of it. I think there's a willingness from, you know, every part to, to work together uh, on the issues that we're facing and, and ultimately try to find common ground. I think overall people... Uh, you know, tend to to in in truly Canadian fashion. Uh, I think you know recognize that we have joint inter- mutual interests, and 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 it's it's really for us to uh, to find a solution. Because if we start kind of going at each other's throats, then we're really uh, we're the ones losing, and 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 you know the rest of the world is is not really going to care. Yes, and me being in the media and talking about politicians, uh, we the media have to take responsibility for this as well because we we do fuel those fires as well for the reasons that you've just said. Uh, obviously, we live in a very vast country, many differences. I mean, you know, culturally, geographically, um, but but you know, I can think of climate change as a perfect example of what of of an issue where instead of trying to work together on something, it's like each province is trying to outdo the other one or outsmart the other one or think that they've got the right answer or, or, or try to take the virtuous stand or what have you, as opposed to Canada as a country doing what it can to help the world, which is really what this is about. It's a global issue. Well, it is a global issue. And at the same time, you know, the, 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 uh, we have to recognize that the provinces have, have a say into this, right? It's legally, constitutionally, uh, it, it falls under, the, a lot of this falls under their responsibility. Um, and so the federal government, you know, and, and we see when the federal government tries to say, okay, well, we're going to impose a carbon tax, you know, a lot of provinces react negatively, even though the, 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 government, the federal government says, look, we want to impose a carbon tax because we think this is a huge issue for us and the rest of the world and, and for Canadians. But we're willing to recognize what the provinces are doing, and 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 if we think that what they're doing, even though it differs from what we're doing, is 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 sensible and meets you know kind of minimum standards, well, we'll, we'll let them do that. So again, I, I see it, it's a flexible kind of approach to to our you know decentralized federalism. Uh, so we have to recognize that you know, there might be different ways to get uh, to achieve the same goal, and 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 we have to respect that. Uh, but at the same time, we we. We, we have to agree uh, that you know that there are some challenges and 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 you know yeah it's it you know it's how could I say 
trying to to have your cake and eat it too in a way is, is a challenge mm. uh, but you know I, I think this is what a, a lot of politicians uh, who look at the center uh, are trying to do so how can we help climate change while at the same time not destroying a, a wealth generating industry out west uh, when we talk about oil and gas for instance so how do we do this and and in part that means okay well we'll do a, you know as the liberal government has, has, has said we'll, we'll do a pipeline on the one hand but we'll have a carbon tax but the carbon tax money will go back to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, but if, if, if then things get distorted for purely partisan or, or political reasons, that's where it gets unfortunate, and then it makes it much harder to find common solutions. All right, getting back to NAFTA, what's next here? When is this officially a go, and we're not talking about it anymore? Well, uh, you know, first the, the legislation has to be tabled by the government in the House of Commons. Uh, then it will go uh, through uh, committees and, uh, you know, readings, and then uh, it will move to the Senate, and ultimately the Governor General will have to, to sign on to it. Uh, so it's not clear how long this It will take a, a few months for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's, it ultimately it's, it's just a matter of time. As I, as I said earlier, this is a done deal as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so we should see uh, this agreement uh, coming into force uh, probably sometime by, by the summer. Patrick LeBlanc has been with us, Associate Professor, Graduate School of Public and International Affairs, University of Ottawa. Patrick, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.